Welcome to this week's episode of A Certain Point of View. Last week, Josh Mesker and I started having a conversation about Luke Skywalker's arc from beginning to end. We ended up talking for almost three hours, so what we've done is we have split it into two different parts. Last week's episode was on Luke Skywalker's arc through the original trilogy, and this week is part two, tying it into The Last Jedi. I hope you enjoy. Yeah, so so the last Jedi, so trilogies tend to have, you know, the the middle movie in a trilogy is the complication. Um, mm-hmm. It tends to be the complication. It tends to be where the characters are most tested. Um, it tends to be where a lot of the character development occurs is in a middle movie in a trilogy, and so. Um, that's just the format of a trilogy. Ultimately, when you have a three part story. Um, and so Ryan Johnson knew that he had to unpack why Luke was on that Island. And, and all he did was take a few lines from Han Solo and just go from there, basically. Um, and yep. like you said, um, and then also in the Force Awakens, Ray did have that Force vision when she touched the lightsaber, and um, there's a there's a flash to Luke's temple being destroyed. That's right? Yeah, yeah. If I'm not, yeah. So there's a little bit of that too, um, and so uh, that's that's worth mentioning. So. So Luke, so Ryan Johnson has this monumental task of justifying why Luke is there. And we find out it's exactly what Han said, but just a bit more complicated. And that Luke was a bit more responsible for it than maybe some people wanted Luke to be. Yes. And that and that cuts into divergent ideas about Luke and what kind of hero Luke is. You know, there's disagreement on that. And I'm of the opinion that Luke had a spectacular arc in the original trilogy, but now we're moving into Luke in middle age 30 years later. And he has fallen on to some incredibly difficult times um, and, a, and, a, and, and situation and failure. Again, you know, he's experiencing more failure. And a lot of people just didn't want to see him experience failure again. They thought that, that now, because of Return of the Jedi, that Luke should just be this... Uh, he doesn't really have anything left to learn really his arc is finished so just let him be uh just let him be super powered awesome (laughs) right just let him be the yoda now basically you know he's the yeah just let him be the yoda figure um and uh, now you know let him be the yoda figure essentially and and ryan johnson decided to do something a little bit different than that (laughs) <laughs> and um and 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 his perspective was that you actually had to justify Luke's presence in this trilogy. You had to actually give him a reason to be there. 
um, and to be an active participant in this unfolding story. And so we find out through a series of flashbacks how that event transpired with, with Kylo Ren. And Luke's first version of the story is really skewed. You know, the first time he tells it to, uh, to, to Ray, it really just kind of focuses on the good part of it because Luke doesn't want her to know how responsible he actually was. So Luke's first version of the story is incorrect. It, it glosses over a lot of details intentionally. And so does Kylo Ren's version of that story to Ray. Kylo Ren's version of that story to Ray is that Luke was just this uncontrolled monster, you know, who wanted to murder him in his sleep. That's Kylo's version of the story. It's not what happened. Story. When Luke finally confesses, when Luke is finally beaten and worn down by Ray, that Luke tells her exactly what happened. Um, and I love that that Kylo Ren decided to use quite literally a certain, you know, Ryan Johnson decided to use a certain point of view when it mm -hmm. came to the storytelling here. Um, yeah. It was a very Star Wars thing, Star Wars thing to do. Um, and just for all you film nerds out there, that, that, that kind of three part sequence with flashbacks from different perspectives is, is basically inspired by, um, the film Rashomon by um, Kurosawa. And in that film, uh, it's told through a series of um, flashbacks from different points of view. And, um, and so Ryan Johnson, being the film nerd that he is, decided to employ some of that, which in my opinion was a very Star Wars thing, Star Wars thing to do. Um, you know, even Obi-Wan says, um, so what I told you was true from a certain point of view. And I think <laughs> Ryan Johnson decided to, uh, to play on that and play with that a little bit. Yep. But that third, that third version of the story, like I said, is when Luke confesses and Luke goes to Ben Solo's hut because he's worried, because he's concerned about his nephew, because he's concerned about his student. He does not go there. 100%. To and kill I, hey, really him. quick, I actually have do you, I actually have the dialogue pulled up at this point L what Luke is actually saying yeah, to Ray. And I can read that and then you can continue talking. So so this is what Luke says. He says, "I saw darkness. I'd sensed it building in him. I'd see, I'd I'd see it at moments during his training. But then I looked inside and that's when by the way, that's when that's when he went into the into the hut that night. That's when he looked inside. That's what he went to do. And it was beyond what I ever imagined. Snoke had already turned his heart. He would he would bring destruction and pain and death and the end of everything I love because of what he will become. And for the briefest moment of pure instinct, I thought I could stop it. It passed like a fleeting shadow. 
and I was left with shame and with consequence. And the last thing I saw were the eyes of a frightened boy whose master had failed him. That's the dialogue there. Good Lord. Yeah. I mean, that's some of the best writing in the entire saga, honestly. Um, I agree. I agree. So, so what Luke reveals in this moment, which I actually like that he's narrating this moment and we're seeing it happen. So, but what, but what we find out is once again, the dark side, the way the dark side likes to prey upon Luke and all Jedi, but it seems like Luke in particular is the fear of loss and the fear of history repeating itself and the fear of losing his family and his friends. This is not new for Luke. It is just manifesting itself in a different way. And it is exactly why, it is exactly why Luke says it was the briefest moment of pure instinct, meaning he was acting on his emotions. He was acting on his fear. He saw maybe Leia dying, maybe Han dying. He saw history repeating itself and he didn't want to go through that again. And so he was acting out of fear trying to predict the future again, trying to predict the future and how the future is going to look right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he says for the briefest moment of pure instinct, I thought I could stop it. And in this moment, Luke has a very similar moment that he has in return of the Jedi. It is actually intended to be seen that way. Uh, With the shots and with the expressions on Luke's face, um, there there are shots in this moment when Luke comes to and he realizes, my gosh, what what am I doing? It is it is absolutely meant to be a callback, um, a meaningful call, callback to that moment with Vader in Return of the Jedi. Absolutely meant to be that, Luke has that again he has that look of anger on his face that he's going to do something about this situation and then that just that passes and he is overwhelmed with concern and grief and and it passes like a fleeting shadow which is him saying that that the dark side basically is lifted at that point that that shroud of the dark side that was tempting that was very much tempting him he fought it back he fought it and he did not act upon it he didn't act upon it that's the point he didn't do it okay and that's incredibly important when we're talking about luke and who luke is and how he's tempted by the dark side and how he eventually always overcomes it. Um, and even in that moment, he did. But the big difference in this moment is that it actually carried even more consequence 
because what had occurred could not be undone. And it's why he was partly responsible for Kylo Ren being created. So there's a nuance there where he did not act upon that dark side impulse. He fought it away. The thought passed like a fleeting shadow. He triumphed over that fear, but the damage was already done. And he said it himself. Yeah. All I could see were the eyes of a frightened boy whose master had failed him. And if Ben Solo hadn't turned then, if, if Ben Solo hadn't turned before then, if, if, if it was the dark side kind of just building up this fear in, um, in Luke's mind saying that Snoke had already turned his heart, that Ben Solo definitely turned in that point. He definitely turned in that moment. Right. If he hadn't beforehand. And it gave Ben Solo ju the justification to do it. That is the place that Luke is in. And it's really important to understand that that's the place that Luke is in. Where he had the entire legacy of the Jedi riding on his shoulders. He had become a legend himself. And he failed his nephew. His nephew basically became the next Darth Vader. Or nearly did. And he's thinking at this point in time, not out of cowardice, but he decides to remove himself from the equation, thinking at that point in time, even though he was wrong, that the galaxy is actually better off without his presence. That actually, as difficult and as heart-wrenching as it is for him to remove himself from everything that he loves and isolate himself, he believes and he is convinced at that point in time that it is best. It's actually going to save Leia from dying. It's actually going to cause less pain and prevent pain if he goes away. He was completely wrong, by the way. Right. He made a mistake. It was it was failure. He failed here in this situation. And that's okay. Right. So... <sighs> I love this. <laughs> and when he is training Ray, when he finally decides to train Ray, well, first of all, let's 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 step back for a second. He's convinced at this point, and he even tells Ray that it's time for the Jedi to end. He's convinced that it's time for the Jedi to end. That the Jedi Order cannot be rebuilt. The foundation is faulty. We're just going to keep repeating the same mistakes if we try to rebuild the Jedi Order. The Force is not owned by the Jedi or the Sith. And that may be true, but where he was wrong is that the galaxy was better off without the Jedi. Bingo. And we find out that that is in fact the case. And the moment um, of truth for, for Luke... You know, he's bringing he's bringing Ray through the the process that he's been going through. And he's actually candidly sharing thoughts about the old Jedi Order and their hubris and how they allowed Darth Sidious to rise. And they didn't even notice that it was happening until it was too late, uh, which is, by the way, why Ryan Johnson completely respects the prequels, by the way, um, him bringing bringing 
prequel does. bringing prequel lore into the last Jedi in such a profound way. Um, you know, hats off to Ryan Johnson because JJ Abrams was terrified of touching any prequel material whatsoever. Dude, 100%. 100%. And I think that I think that even the people I've, I the people that I know that don't like the last Jedi even will admit that. Like they'll say They'll say, well, at least at least Ryan Johnson acknowledged that the prequels existed because <laughs> J.J. seemed to just want to forget all about that stuff and and just try to remake the, the original trilogy kind of a feel. And um, so I do 100 percent. Yeah, 100 percent. So so anyway, that that's a really important conversation because he talks about the hubris of the Jedi and there's a lot of truth in what he says. This doesn't mean People, people mistake this for, for people need to understand that, that Luke is stating some truth, but in other ways, his perspective is skewed because he hasn't really come out of his, um, depression. And so the big turning point is of course, after Ray leaves him and he has to actually confess to Ray what happened. But the big turning point for Luke after that is the scene at the tree where he actually goes to burn mm. the Jedi texts and just end it once and for all. And I want you to talk about this scene. I want you to talk about this scene because I've been talking, you know, quite a bit. And I know it's a scene we both love. <laughs> And it's really important for Luke's arc and the story of The Last Jedi in particular. Why don't you take it from there? Yeah, man. So, uh, first of all, <laughs> so much good stuff that you're talking about. I, I wanted you to just talk as, as much as you wanted to right there because you do have a way of talking about this movie that I, I just feel like it's important for people to hear it. I feel like... I feel, I feel like the the way that you explain it is is very uh, articulate and it's and um and it's very um you you really I really feel like get what Ryan Johnson was going for with this movie and dude whenever whenever you were talking about all that stuff I was like <laughs> I just want to listen to this <laughs> for the rest of the night um it's, this is the podcast um so but no the bro this scene with Yoda, first of all, I have, I have heard a couple people actually tell me before beyond all understanding. I have no idea how, but they tell me that this, this scene was fan service for fan services sake. I don't know how they could, how anyone could watch this and possibly think that, um, <laughs> it is, it is the definition of fan service that is earned and it is the definition of um this is a turning point for luke's character this is where it shifts and um he's been wrestling for the for the duration of this movie uh, shoot he's been wrestling for 30 plus years but he we've seen him wrestling with it in this movie and he <laughs> i i don't i can't fathom the thought that this is just fan service for fan service's sake so Luke is going to burn these Jedi texts and, um, <laughs> and 
by the way, he has second thoughts about it, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> and he he has uh, he he starts burning it. Or am I correct about the order that this happens, Josh? Correct me if I'm wrong. He starts to burn them, and he has second thoughts about it. And Yoda then sees it, and then strikes the tree down, and then it's really gone. <laughs> Is that correct? Is that the order that things happen here? Yeah, I mean, he says that... Um, I'm trying to remember the exact order. Yeah, well, he he walks up to, to do it. He has his torch. And and Luke says, I'm ending all of it. The Jedi, the texts, I'm going to burn it all down. And Luke doesn't end up setting anything on fire, actually. He does hesitate. After that, he walks. Oh, that's right. He walks up that's to right. it and that's he right. hesitates and he hesitates and he's like, I don't think I can do this. And Yoda is like, well, I'm going to do it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes, 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 yes. You Thank know, you so much. You know, and and it, it's, <laughs> so it's, 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 it's so good because Yoda, even in this moment, is, is going to teach Luke a lesson. This is far from meaningless fan service. Mm-hmm. Um, because Yoda, oh God, yeah. Yoda does it. And then Luke's mad at Yoda for burning down the Jedi, mm-hmm. J- Jedi texts, you know? And he's like, they're the sacred Jedi texts. <laughs> right. So like, as much as Luke wanted to, as much as Luke wanted the Jedi ways to, or the Jedi to end, as much as he wanted the, you know, to borrow a phrase from Kylo Ren, he wanted the past to die. Um, he wanted, uh, he he really thought that that was the best way. Even he really bought into some of what was in those, and he, and even he was like. I don't actually want all of this to go away. And so Yoda was like, yeah, well, it's okay. I'll get rid of these. No big deal. And um, I, <laughs> I love this part. And uh, Yoda says to Luke, time it is for you to look past a pile of old books. Hmm? And uh, Yoda says, or Luke says, the sacred Jedi tax. And Yoda says, Oh, read them. Have you page turners? They are not. Yes, yes, yes. Wisdom. They held or, or yes, yes, yes. Wisdom. They held, but that library contained nothing that the girl Ray does not already possess. Skywalker still looking to the horizon. Never here now. Hmm. The need in front of your nose all this time. God, this has been Luke's thing from day one, you guys. From day one, like we talked about with A New Hope, he's looking to the horizon. Like in, in Empire Strikes Back, he's looking to he's looking to where his friends are in in need. He's being manipulated instead of finishing his training like he needs to, like he's supposed to. Um, he uh, he is tempted by Vader, and Vader, and uh, he's tempted by Vader. And attacks out in anger because the need is his father. He the real need is to turn his father, but Vader actually distracts him by bringing up, like you said, the one he brings out the one card that's going to work, and that's Leia. He's always looking to the horizon and not at the need in front of his nose, and that is what happened here. And 
So to he- to hear that kind of this whole thing right here, this whole section of the movie really just um, it ties the entire saga together for Luke. It ties his entire um, it ties his entire legacy together, uh, as well as it points out Luke's flaws, but it also points out that that's okay that those are there, and like I said earlier, pass on what you have learned. Weakness, folly, failure also. Failure, most of all. The greatest teacher failure is. He, and like I said earlier, he's passing on all this other stuff, but he's not passing out, he's not passing that on. And I just think that is such a huge thing. When you look back on the rest of the saga, this scene is just so pivotal. Uh, for for wrapping that up, but also for showing for giving Luke his way out, for letting Luke know that it's okay. And dude, this honestly, dude, this is this scene is really important to me personally. I I I am a person who deals with um, uh, just being completely honest. I deal with shame, and I deal with like I'm very hard on myself when I do something and I mess up, and I when I'm not a good husband, and when I uh, when I when I mess up and do something, I know that it's not the best idea for me to do. I'm very hard on myself. And so like just on a personal level, I think just like this is one of the reasons why this movie means so much to me because I see the mistakes that Luke has made. I see the mistakes in my life that I've made. But then I also see Luke in Return of the Jedi when he throws that lightsaber down. I see Luke in this movie where he talks to Yoda and he goes and does something just absolutely incredible. He comes back to the Luke that we know. He is the Luke that is uh, – he is the Luke that comes through for his family when he needs them. He is he is Luke the legend. We actually do see Luke the legend here in my opinion. And I think this scene is the turning point for that. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's just like, you covered a lot of the thematic elements there, but like for me, I just view it. This is, this scene is deeply personal to me. This scene is deep is one of the reasons why Luke's character for me, um, he was already my favorite, but he went from my favorite star Wars character to a star Wars to a, to a film character who honestly, I probably just relate to the most. And when he, when this happens, it is extremely emotional for me. And I think that's one reason why I love this movie so much is because not only is it fun and not only is it deep and um and it makes you think about a lot of things, but it also makes me feel so much here. And and I think that's a huge part of filmmaking, dude. I agree. Um to- totally. And I think it only I think Luke's arc only becomes more personal as we get towards the end of the film as well. And we'll get into Mm -hmm. that uh, probably here in a couple minutes. But before we move on to that, I just wanted to point out a couple things because there's, there's still so much going on in this scene where Luke says, so it is time for the Jedi to end. And Yoda doesn't agree with him. Yoda does not say it's time for the Jedi to end. Keep that in mind. Yoda says, right. time it is for you to look past a pile of, of old books. 
he's not mm, so good. He's not even saying that they don't have usefulness in them. He's not saying that. He's not saying that the old ways don't have usefulness. Wisdom they held, yes. Yeah. And also, subtext here, it's kind of a Yoda joke because he says that that, that library held nothing that Ray did not already possess. <laughs> okay? That 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 line worked she on quite literally she, possessed. She it. quite literally <laughs> took them. <laughs> and and he knew that. He knew. He knew yep. that. Which is great. Which is just great, actually. So so, so stop right there. So whenever whenever we see Yoda and and Luke says, I'm ending all of this. The tree, the text, the Jedi, I'm burning it all down. And Yoda knows that Ray took these books already. So how funny is it that the first thing that Yoda says is, Ah, Skywalker, missed you, have I? Yeah, he's having a blast. <laughs> just so mischievous. So he's just having fun messing with Luke. And <laughs> just think that is so yeah i mean he's, this is classic this is classic yoda it is. Right? i mean he's trolling him again he's totally trolling him again you yes. know and uh and and for for a purpose for a reason to teach him a lesson um you know mm -hmm. and um so we get to so he goes through that that whole experience and you have one of uh, such a beautiful shot where they're both sitting right there on the hill and they're just watching mm. the fire rage, um, you know, and how symbolic that that is about um, honoring the past, but also learning from failure and letting that mm. propel you forward to make better decisions and to create something new. And so th that scene, that's what that scene symbolically means. That's what the that's what the tree on fire in my opinion symbolizes. It doesn't just symbolize it symbolizes allowing the past to to and those past failures and those past mistakes to burn and moving forward with intentionality in the present. Um, and, and again, that doesn't mean that, um, that you just throw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak, that that's not what that means, what it, what it means and what this film is talking about, um, mythologically is a reformation of the Jedi the Jedi being reborn into something stronger and better and recognizing that they do exist in the galaxy as a force for good, but that they had lessons to learn. And Yoda finally, Yoda shows Luke how to do that. And Luke learns very painfully you know, Yoda just doesn't give this to Luke on a silver platter. Yoda actually, you know, some people have asked, well, why didn't Yoda come to Luke way, way earlier? You know, and I'm like, 
that would completely negate Luke's need to learn these things and to go through this painful journey on his own. Yoda came at the right time. Yoda came at the time that he was he was supposed to come to kind of wrap it up with a bow <laughs> and and teach that final les lesson to Luke when Luke would be most receptive to it. Absolutely. Dude, cuz Ray messed with him. Yeah. Cuz Ray messed with him. Ray had him thinking, man, cuz like the the fact that Ray had him cornered in the way that she did the fact that he even agreed to teach her any lessons at all the fact that uh like she actually convinced him to teach him to teach her lessons the fact that um she actually got him to tell the real story about how about what happened with ben and with kylo she was like chipping away at his wall mm -hmm. the entire movie and so luke is making this last ditch effort here to like to just show i am <laughs> i'm gonna burn everything and blah blah he makes this last ditch effort and yoda knows this is the right time this is the time because this is when he, if i would have come five years ago if i would have come 20 years ago 25 years ago if i would have come the night that this happened Luke would not have been receptive to this. I'm coming right now because this is the closest Luke has been to the Luke that I know. This is the closest Luke has been to being receptive and to, uh, yeah. So anyway, I, I think that's exactly right. I love that yeah. point, dude. And that, I mean, that's how storytelling works. I mean, that is how storytelling works. And, and so... Yeah. Um, you know, it isn't a plot contrivance or a plot convenience or a plot hole because Yoda didn't show up years earlier. That that storytelling doesn't unfold like a like that. You know, um, events in life don't unfold mm -hmm. like that. And yeah, Yoda came at the right time, and then. We get to crate and the resistance is at their lowest moment. And for the very first time, for the very first time in the entire saga, Leia is the one who loses hope. For the very first time, Leia loses hope. That's, that's significant. Yeah, that's, a point. that's very significant. Because she's been so strong this entire time. You know, she's 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 been a very strong, steady character, um, very single-minded in her pursuits. And there they are on crate in an old, you know, rebel base, and nobody's coming. Nobody's coming to help. They're calling people to help, and nobody's coming to help. And she says that the that the fire is out. Yeah. The fire is out. We held out hope for so long, but the fire fire is out. The spark is gone. And that's when Luke walks in. Oh man, dude. Let me just say. Let me let me just say really quick. 
this part this is one of the this is one of the parts of this of this movie it's so important this the whole point of this uh, of this scene and, and we'll talk about like even like broom boy <laughs> broom boy the image or the uh uh, the the visualization, the imagery of 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 Broom Boy looking out at the stars and like playing playing uh playing Jedi with his friends and all this stuff, it's based off of this scene. It's based off of what's about to happen. This is this is Luke doing Luke. And by the way, it's just the most incredible, beautiful moment between he and Leia. It's like they never were apart. It's it's extremely emotional too when you take into account like uh, the fact that this is really the last time that we see Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher together. Yeah, we see them together on screen, and it's 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 extremely. If if the saga ended right here, I would have been thrilled. <laughs> like I would have been, it would have been fine. But um, uh, alas, it did not. But um, <laughs> uh, so can, I'll let you just. <laughs> I'll let you continue continue with your thought. I just wanted to put my two cents into this little bit here. Sure. No, that's that's a really good point. And actually, I love the ending of The Last Jedi. And uh, I was so satisfied with the ending of The Last Jedi that, that, you know, thematically and mythologically that I, too, thought that, hey, that's actually... I mean, yeah, there's some things that got to be... that have to be tied up, you know, plot-wise... Um, in the next movie, but for the most part, the way The Last Jedi ends is actually on such hope. The Last Jedi ends with so much hope. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that in a second too, but, but Luke and Leia have a moment where, where this is Luke now, this is Luke restoring hope in Leia apologizing to her for his mistake which he was running from so this is this is the end result of his arc in the last jedi after he's meeting after ray wore him down and he learned another lesson from yoda and he had to just go through that grueling growth process himself um this is him facing his mistakes head on and actually fessing up to them and and apologizing to the people that he's hurt. And so Luke walks in uh like the legend that he actually is. Um you know, we just kind of see his shadow walking walking in basically his outline and Luke's embracing now the legendary status of Luke Skywalker, but with the failure and with the humility that comes with that failure, not just the strength, not just the mastery, but the lessons learned. And so it is at that point that he's actually able to embrace Luke Skywalker, the Jedi Master, because he reconciles with those disparate parts of himself and the legacy of the Jedi themselves. And so he he apologizes to her and she says, 
and in in typical Leia, because she's always, you know, she's got a soft spot for her brother. She just says, "I know you are. I know you are." You know, she 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 forgives him immediately. Mm. In fact, she didn't even need him to apologize because she knew how sorry he was. She just said, "She goes, I know you. I know you are. I'm just glad you're here at the end." Right. Yeah. How beautiful is that? I'm just glad you're here at the end. Yeah. You know, she admits that, that, you know, even, you know, Ben may be too far, too far gone. And, um, that she had held out hope for so long and, and that he's just too far gone. And Luke says, no one's ever really gone. Hmm. And he's not just saying that. And I interpret that scene as him not just saying that about Ben Solo, but him saying that about himself. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh my gosh. Yes. Because, so good. because he, <laughs> he, he thought he was gone too. And it's a lesson that he's learned that no one's ever really gone. Um, and you know, the, the future is not written. And so yeah. he gives her a kiss on the forehead, which is just an amazingly tender scene. Um, and I want you to pick up here because this is when Luke does exactly what he mocked earlier in the movie when he said, what do you think? I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, walk out with a laser sword and face the entire <laughs> first order. And he literally walks out <laughs> and does and does exactly that. Um, people, I really, really want people, regardless of how you feel about this movie, to to see what it's doing from a narrative standpoint here, and and textually how it's communicating with earlier parts of the movie, because. Mm. The point of The Last Jedi is not let the past die. The villain said that. Right. Uh, the point of The Last Jedi is the greatest teacher failure is. That's the point of The Last Jedi. And this is Luke acting. And not just with Luke, by the way. And not just with Luke. In fact, every single character in this film experiences immense failure. Every single protagonist. Absolutely. And Kylo experiences failure Absolutely. too. And he's kind of like on the cusp between antagonist and protagonist. And he experiences mm -hmm. failure too. But Finn experiences failure. Ray experiences failure. Poe po experiences failure. Luke does. Kylo does. Every main character in this movie experiences failure and has to learn from it. Um, and so, and they all have arcs. Uh, and so, so I want you to take it from here though, because this is my next favorite scene in the long string of string of favorite scenes, because he walks out <laughs> and stands there in front of the, um, the Walker, you know, knowing that Kylo Ren is there and he walks out triumphantly and confidently, um, to distract the first order while the resistance escapes 
And what happens next is Luke facing the physical manifestation of his ultimate mistake. Hmm. Yes. And one last little piece of imagery we get here is him walking out to face Ben or, or Kylo is it shows him walking out of the darkness, this wide shot yeah. walking out of the dark cave into this bright light. And that's just another, just one more piece of imagery for us to show Luke is back. Luke is walking out of the darkness and into the light again. This is, this is Luke saying I'm back baby. (laughs) And I just think I, I, when I think about that moment in particular, I get chills just thinking about it. And I, I, I feel like I, I feel like people overlooked even that little, like Ryan Johnson says a ridiculous amount without saying anything in this movie. The, so many of the camera shots in this movie and the images that we get are so symbolic and there's not a word being said. Um, we've talked about many of them, but that was one of them. And so Man, we see we see Luke walk out. There's a bunch of walkers. Um, there's a ship with Kylo in it, and I love so much uh, when Kylo is just like <laughs> when Kylo is just like point every gun at that man, <laughs> shoot everything we have at that man, and they just shoot the crap out of him, and he's like more. That that beautiful that beautiful gift we have. More. Yeah, I love it. I use and, it all the time. I use it all the time. <laughs> when I know, me too, me too. And after a while, Hux finally goes, Do you think you got him? <laughs> I just think that is where that is one of the humor moments in the movie that really <laughs> works for me. I love it so much. And Luke walks out and he just wipes his shoulder. He's like, brushes his shoulder and so kylo comes down to face him and by the way good lord is this scene just the most beautiful looking scene i'm just talking from a visual standpoint when kylo is walking on that red salt toward luke it's just (laughs) it is just gorgeous everything about it is so awesome and kylo so this little conversation here kylo says did you come back to say you forgive me to save my soul Luke says, no, I failed you, Ben. I'm sorry. So not only did Luke actually not try to actually kill Kylo, like I feel like a lot of people only, I feel like a lot of people watch this movie and took Kylo's story as the truth. Yeah. And then like left the theater. Yeah. That's when they left the theater. They left. They're gone. Because not only did he actually tell the real story later we got the real story but then he actually apologizes to kylo ren because he failed him he and like you said earlier he embraced the failure but he also acknowledged that i have to face him and before he attacks kylo here before he um goes after him or whatever he says i failed you ben i am sorry and i love by the way I do think it's a little bit of a thing too, where, you know, how you said, um, I just, I just realized this as I'm saying it, you said earlier that 
that when when Luke said that to Leia, no one's ever really gone. Well, I think it's not a coincidence here that Luke says, I failed you, Ben. I think it's I think it's important that Luke doesn't say, I failed you, Kylo. He still knows Ben is there. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's important um, for us to know that. Um, because not only that, but uh, well, let me finish reading this little bit, but then I have a little thought there. But he says, I'm sure <laughs> Kylo says, I'm sure you are. The resistance is dead, the war is over, and when I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi. And Luke says one of my favorite lines in the entire movie and one of my favorite things to say when people tell me The Last Jedi sucks. He says, amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. The rebellion is born today. The war is just beginning. And I will not be The Last Jedi. So, yeah. Luke is now the symbol of hope again for the rebellion. Luke is no longer the deserter. Luke is no longer the person, the the old the old uh, hermit who hid away in shame. Luke is now the person that embraced his failure and that that came back to help the resistance and to help his sister and to help the people he loves. And by the way, not only that, but he says, "I will not be the last Jedi." And then when they fight. Luke never actually attacks Kylo. He never attacks Ben. Right. Um, you know, it, it, I think I think in this movie, um, something that a lot of people didn't like, I actually really love, is that two lightsabers don't actually touch each other in this movie, <laughs> which is it's really interesting. But that's because Luke did not actually attack Ben with his lightsaber in this part. He evaded the entire time. And I think that's important. I think that I think that's key, and I think that shows where Luke is at. And then, and then I love this too. Kylo says, "I'll destroy her and you and all of it." Luke, Kylo is just out to just he wants to destroy the past. He wants to destroy all of it. And Luke says, "No, strike me down in anger, and I'll always be with you, just like your father." Yeah. And um. Oh man, dude, that's so good. And, and honestly, this is where I could have gone either way here because what I this is that leads to one of the best moments in Rise of Skywalker when Han comes when Han comes back um, in that moment with Ben, uh, as far as like in his memories. That is one of my favorite moments. But dude, I'm not gonna lie, I would have been totally cool if it was Luke that did. Because he said, I'll always be with you. And then just a minute, he says, whenever Kylo attacks him and his <laughs> saber goes through him and we realize, wait, this is a projection. Right. Luke says, see you around, kid. Yeah. And how cool would it, would it have been if he said, see you around, kid, and then we he does see him later in Rise of Skywalker. I would have I loved that full circle moment. That would have been great. But I, again, I do think that that's huge, just like your father. I think that's huge. I think that's awesome. I don't know, man. This yeah. scene is so freaking good. It's so juicy. And, and again, dude, we see that Luke Skywalker projected himself across – the galaxy 
from one planet to another. <laughs> right. And um, that's how powerful he is. And he, and he did not, he did not face Kylo in violence because I do think that this is one thing that he still believes that the Jedi got right, that, that, that you don't use violence. You only, you only use your weapon for defense. You don't get you, you, a Jedi does not crave these things. And this is the most Jedi way that Luke could have done this more, more, this is more right for Luke's character to do than it would have been for Luke to come out and pull star destroyers out from the sky and pull down the walkers with the force and act all super Saiyan and like a, like a, like an Avenger. This is, this is, this is more in Luke's character and this is more of him accepting that the Jedi are still good, which ties into the rest of the story. The Jedi being around is still a good thing and him not actually coming and using violence and him actually force projecting himself across the galaxy. Um, having this moment with Kylo distracting the first order from the resistance uh, so that they, so that the resistance could get out the back way in the cave, which by the way, also this, uh, which by the way, that actually uh, helped Poe's character come full circle in this movie as well, because Poe led that part of the Leia handed the reins over to Poe at that moment. So not only did that happen, but, but Luke's choice here actually, actually helped uh, uh, Poe's character development even more, which is great (laughs) just as from a storytelling storytelling perspective. But yeah, man, that's, that's what I got for this scene. I freaking love it. I, I, I can't, I can't say enough how much, how satisfying this scene was for me. And I know a lot of people find it dissatisfying, but I I simply do not, I do not understand it. (laughs) Well, uh, I don't either. Um, this this scene is far more meaningful mythologically, philosophically, thematically than the alternative of him just showing up in person and doing exactly what you just what you just said, just tearing everything apart and 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 everything and um who knows, maybe killing Kylo or something. I don't know. Some people wanted him to do that. Um, but that would completely defeat the journey that Luke had been on, even going back to Return of the Jedi. And so Luke in the most warrior monk kind of way, keep in mind, Star Wars is just as much inspired by Flash Gordon, American classic sci-fi as it is inspired by eastern mysticism like buddhism and so on and so this is this is jedi master luke skywalker you know zen buddhist luke skywalker if you will taking the path of total nonviolence to resolve a problem knowing full well that he couldn't even let kylo he couldn't even allow Ben Solo the opportunity to kill him 
which he may have been able to accomplish because it's exactly as Luke said, no, strike me down and I'll always be with you just like your father. Luke deprived him of that mm -hmm. possibility and that was intentional because if there was any hope of Ben Solo coming back, it was not by killing Luke Skywalker. Right. And, you know, Kylo's story wasn't written, wasn't yet written. And he realized that, but he didn't, Luke didn't want, did not want to contribute to, to Kyle anymore to Ben Solo going even further down that path to a point of, you know, seemingly no return. And so Luke deprived him of that opportunity to even kill him. He antagonized him and distracted him. He apologized for his mistake. And he declared that he would not be the last Jedi. Then, as Ray said, with peace and purpose, Luke gave himself up to the force after being mm. completely exhausted, um, completely exhausted by it. Um, you know, as Kylo says earlier in the film, in a similar situation where, where Ray and Kylo can see each other, Kylo was like, no, you're not doing this on your own. The effort would kill you. Yeah. Uh, you know, we find out later that Snoke had something to do with it. And we find out later that it had a lot to do with 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 Kylo and Rey's uh, force dyad that they that they created. And so that's a very unique situation. Um, but even even Kylo was like, you know, you can't he's like, you can't do that. Kylo's like, you can't do this on your own. There's no way you could do this on your own. It would it would kill you. Well, Luke held on and projected himself halfway across the galaxy and he held on for like, you know, what probably amounted to like 30 minutes or an hour or something like that, projecting himself all the way across the galaxy. <laughs> and the effort did, if it didn't kill him, it exhausted him enough where he was ready to give himself up to the force, much like Obi-Wan gave himself up to the force in A New Hope. Similarly, anyway. Um, and, yeah. and I think it's important that, that um, you know, that, that final discussion that Ray and Leia have on the Falcon, um, where Ray says that Luke is gone, and Leia said, I know, I felt it too. But Ray said, but it wasn't sad. You know, it was with peace and with purpose you know and and then she asks how do we rebuild the rebellion from this and leia says we have everything that we need uh which i love and then we get to the prologue of the last jedi where luke has made his final stand on crate and the legend of luke skywalker's final stand his his last brave stand is being reenacted with action figures by children. Ryan Johnson is not somebody who wanted to ruin and tarnish Luke Skywalker. It is quite the opposite. What The Last Jedi does is it takes Luke Skywalker and brings him up to the very 
height of mythic legend status. So much so that a slave boy in a stable is inspired by Luke and starts experimenting with his own natural force ability and raises a broomstick to the sky and looks at the stars with hope that there's something beyond his current circumstance to look forward to. That is legendary. Dude, not only is that legendary, is there anything more Star Wars than that? No. Like, George Lucas has said from the beginning, make sure there's hope. Whatever story you're telling, make sure there's hope. That George Lucas always, always says that. And how much more Star Wars can you get than a boy with natural force abilities force pulling the broom over into his hand just slightly and walking over and looking out at the stars with that broom in his hand like it's a lightsaber? Mm -hmm. Looking out at the stars, knowing that there's more. Yeah. This is a slave boy, by the way. Reminiscent of another slave that we know. Right. Mm. Um, and wearing a Rebel Alliance ring. So, Yes. Yeah. Yes. The spark, the spark is lit. Yeah. The, the, the spark is back. There's a spark again. Yeah. And he's just looking out at the stars, knowing there's more, and he has hope. How much more Star Wars can you get, man? Ryan Johnson doesn't hate Star Wars. Ryan Johnson doesn't hate Luke Skywalker. Oh my gosh, we can go. We could go. I, we could go I, on that forever. I, I, <laughs> I, I know. Um, you know. And so, what? What do we have here with Luke? We have. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. We have. I am a Jedi like my father before me. We have. It's time for the Jedi to end. And we have, I will not be the last Jedi. That's full circle. Yep. And what Ryan Johnson said in a forum shortly after the movie came out, he appeared with Mark Hamill and they had a great discussion. A lot of people need to watch it um, because it's a really candid uh great discussion between them and between the moderator and Ryan Johnson said that myths are not created to sell action figures. Myths are created to reflect the most significant changes we go through in life is essentially what he said. Hmm. And that's the perspective he brought to the storytelling. That's the reverence. That's the reverence he brought to Luke Skywalker. Was that Luke Skywalker is more than an yeah. action figure. He's not just an action figure that you sit on your mantle and look at and admire. This is a real character. And he compared Luke's journey somewhat similar to that of King Arthur's who went into middle age and dealt with things in middle age and had to come out on the other side of those, those difficult things. Um, life is about transition and change yeah. and it doesn't just stop. You know, you don't just arrive at some moment. 
the journey continues until the day you die. Absolutely. And and that's the storytelling that that Ryan brought, that mythical storytelling that that Ryan brought. The it, it was it was just another part of the hero's journey, but it was the part that we don't get to see a whole lot. You know, it's 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 the journey of King Arthur in Middle Age, but told through space fantasy um, with a lightsaber instead of Excalibur. And so I see no inconsistency. And in fact, the Mandalorian season two of the Mandalorian, I think, complements the Last Jedi and complements Luke's arc, because in the Last Jedi, Luke is reflecting upon yes. that legendary status post Return of the Jedi, how he was just this larger than life legend and feared. Um, feared by the Empire, feared by remnants of the Empire, you know, Imperial uh, loyalists tell scary stories about Luke Skywalker to their kids at this point, at night. Yep. And when when they say that in The Mandalorian that a single X-Wing has arrived, rewatch that scene... And, and look at the expression on Moff Gideon's face. Because he knows exactly who it is. <laughs> he knows who it is. And he's terrified. Absolutely terrified. It's priceless, man. It's such a great look. <laughs> it, it, it is. I mean, you just... I mean, that's the very first time Moff Gideon has shown an ounce of fear. Is when... Mm-hmm is when he realizes that it's Luke Skywalker <laughs> behind that door. And so we get to The Last Jedi, and Luke yep. is reflecting upon the legend of Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master. And he's trying to come to terms with that very legend that we see at the end of Season 2 of The Mandalorian. It retconned nothing. Yeah, dude, like that's the, that's the thing people people talk about it and they're like, "Thank God, finally we get finally this is Luke. This is Luke. Unlike this over here, this is Luke. We finally get the real Luke." And I'm like, "No. They're both Luke. Luke talked in in the last Jedi about yeah, they're both Luke. Luke talked in the last Jedi about about he was Luke the he was Luke Skywalker, a legend, and we just get to see Luke Skywalker a legend. And by the way, he went through a lot after that, and now he's where he's at in the Last Jedi. They're both Luke. I do not understand this. I I do not understand how it it is viewed as. They fixed Luke in the Mandalorian. No, they actually just enhanced the story in the Mandalorian. They may they're they're they are filling in some gaps. Yeah. Um that happen. And because by the way, the Mandalorian and The Last Jedi are like 35, 40 years apart. There is a gap there. And so they're they're filling that in a little bit for us. And boy, do I was I in my living room? 
at because as I'm in Central Standard Time, was I in my living room at two o'clock, two thirty in the morning watching that and 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 crying because I was so happy? Yes, <laughs> yes, I was <laughs> because we got to see because we got to see a an extension, a continuation of of Luke Skywalker, um, and it filled in some gaps that we still had. But by no means was I like, thank God they finally fixed my Luke Skywalker. I did not ever feel that way one bit. It's the same Luke, man. It's the same Luke. It it is. And I would be I would be more than happy to see more of of Luke during that time too. Even as a lover of the last Jedi. So as a defender and lover of the last Jedi, I have no conflict here. There and and so you know people are more than free to have their opinions and believe what they want and prefer that luke they may be getting more of that luke so that's 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 all well and good for them i think sebastian stan would be a great person to do a luke skywalker series um during you know during mm-hmm. that time frame and, and so on and i even think there there would be a place for mark hamill to show up again if there were flash forwards and 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 so on. I mean, I think there could be some really interesting storytelling there where they both play the character of Luke and it bridges bridges that gap even more. Um and you know, you know, we may get some of that in the Ahsoka series. Who knows? <laughs> um but I, I'm totally for seeing yeah. for seeing more of that. I mean, Luke was obviously busy during that time. He didn't just sit around and do nothing. And so I'd love to see more of that. But um, all that to say, we've covered a lot of ground. And I think, at least for me, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with what I've said so far. Um, I'm sure that I could say much more. Um, yeah, but, I am too. But, and we've spent a lot of time, and we've spent a lot of time on The Last Jedi uh, because it's so uh, dense but it it was necessary um for sure so 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 I, I i enjoyed it but um but it's all my luke luke in the original trilogy is my luke luke in the mandalorian is my mm-hmm. luke luke in the force awakens and the last jedi and the rise of skywalker is my luke it's all luke it's the same luke and so i'm not conflicted on that and I think he's got an incredibly powerful arc. Somehow his story was improved by The Last Jedi, which is, as I've said, a miracle in and of itself. And it's and it's why The Last Jedi ranks so high for me um, in my Star Wars ranking. The Last Jedi is a Star Wars movie that I can just watch out of order anytime. Anytime I can watch it out of order. I don't have to watch The Force Awakens before it or The Rise of Skywalker after it. I don't have to watch any of the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy. I can watch The Last Jedi by itself and be happy with that movie and enjoy that movie. And even though I like all the previous movies too, don't get me wrong, but, but it's because of Luke that I think so highly of The Last Jedi. And of course the character work that they did for Ray and Kylo and then the supporting cast as well. I think it's all for the most part, not a perfect movie, but for the most part, very strong. 
Um, and, uh, and so maybe one day we'll do an episode on the rise of Skywalker together. Dude, honestly, that would be great. Uh, (laughs) That would be great if we could do that. Because honestly, I know that you've kind of reconciled some of the Rise of Skywalker. Um, I, I, I have not. I have, I have not yet. (laughs) Um, The Rise of Skywalker continues to make me sad. Um, I'll say this: I can give, I can give a good faith defense. Is what I can do. That doesn't mean I like all the decisions made. And that doesn't mean that it ranks very high in my ranking because it doesn't. But, and I'm not even saying I've completely reconciled with it. I'm saying that I can give defense where I think it's due and pull out some things that I think are worth talking about. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to have that discussion with you, man. Cause I, I am, I'm pretty hung up on all the things still, um, (laughs) if I'm being totally honest and, and, and here's, here's the thing. I don't want to be, and I also don't believe that you have to like everything about like to be a star Wars fan. You don't have to love everything. Star Wars. I don't believe that you have to do that. I believe that it's okay that I don't like the rise of Skywalker. It's my least favorite star Wars movie. And that's okay. You know what? I can still find a lot of things in that movie that make me really happy, <laughs> that are really good. Um, yeah. Just in individual moments and even story points. I can find a lot of things to enjoy just like I can with Attack of the Clones. Um, I I just have a lot of issues with it. So, I, dude, I would love to talk. I would love to talk about it with we you. Should. Maybe we can hash it out together yeah. at some point. No, that, that'd be um, a lot of fun. We, that would be really fun. I think I think we should do that. Yeah. Um, as far as this movie goes, you guys, this is, this is a movie that obvious, <laughs> uh, the hubris of us, Josh, we thought we could, t- we've already had a conversation about this movie for three hours in the past. We came in discussing, we came into this night saying, let's try to keep this episode to around an hour or so. Um, oh, we are fools, my friend, because yeah. <laughs> it is two hours and 40 minutes into this recording. Yeah, uh, well, the, the, Luke, the story of Luke but, Skywalker um, is worth a two-part uh, podcast for sure. So yes, yes, it is. It absolutely is. So I'll try to figure out a place to se- to separate this into two parts. And um, keep in mind, we we covered we covered. Yeah, one hundred percent. This this is not just a Last Jedi discussion, but a lot of it was. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll probably divide it there. The right at the Last Jedi part, maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, but guys. This, this, this episode again, like I understand, I understand people. If you just don't like the last Jedi, I understand if you, if, if the Luke Skywalker thing in the last Jedi just didn't work for you. Like if you just, if you don't like it, I I understand. I, what I hope that we can do in this conversation is just to get you to where you can, to where at least where you can get to a point where you don't hate what they did with Luke Skywalker to get you to a point where you can see what they did with him and understand narratively what they were, what, what, what Ryan Johnson was trying to do with him and to at least get to a point where maybe if you understand, maybe if you uh, at least like get a little perspective on Luke, maybe that actually does improve the movie a little bit for you. 
Um, and, uh, and maybe it doesn't, and that's all well and good. We're all welcome to have our opinions. Um, but, uh, but clearly Josh and I have ours <laughs> about this and, uh, and uh, for the vast majority of them, they're very similar. <laughs> yeah. And at, at the very least, even if folks still don't like it after listening to this episode, which is their prerogative, um, if they think that the last Jedi ended up ruining Luke or tarnishing Luke in some way. Um, two things that I would offer because you're entitled to your opinion and you're entitled to the way you feel. Um, I, I completely reject toxic fandom and being a toxic fan. I, I don't think that that helps anyone. And, and, uh, but, but two things that I want to offer. First of all, I think it's important to consider that, 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 Ryan Johnson's treatment of Luke, he he did not set out to be malicious or to ruin the character that you love. That's number one. And I think that that's apparent in the film, yep. even if you don't like how the film progresses and ends. I think it's apparent that that Luke act that Ryan Johnson actually brought a lot of care and attention to this character for a reason because of how much the character means to the saga, you know, so much so that by the end of the mm -hmm. film, kids are playing with homemade Luke Skywalker action figures and telling his story. That's how much reverence yeah. Ryan Johnson has. So that's, that's number one. You might not like it, but, but I don't think, and I would submit that, he didn't set out to do anything malicious or to ruin Luke Skywalker. This wasn't Disney telling Lucasfilm to kill the past or telling Ryan Johnson to kill the, you know, kill the past or, or anything like that. Number two, I would encourage you to watch the last Jedi again from beginning to end and recognize the, the, the very specific points in his arc in that film from, from isolated and depressed to seeking and questioning and wrestling to confession to rebirth and then to legendary. I would I would recommend and challenge you to to rewatch the last Jedi through that lens and even if you don't like it notice that there's a full and complete arc there that does not leave Luke in despair, in depression or anything like that. It leaves Luke in quite possibly the best possible place that you can leave him and that is Luke Skywalker, Jedi Master, the legend. Yeah, dude, I, I love that. And it also, if you think about it as well, and I, I know some people were upset that they had to kill Luke Skywalker in this movie. And uh, I would submit that Luke dying in this movie in the fashion that he did, sacrificing himself for his friends and for his family and for the people that he loved 
sacrificing himself for the resistance so they could escape. At this point, there's not a, there's no more Skywalker thing that you could do than that. You have you have um, if you look at the entire saga, you have Anakin Skywalker coming back through you know at the end of Return of the Jedi, sacrificing his life to save his son from Palpatine. At the end of The Last Jedi, you have Luke Skywalker sacrificing himself to save Leia and to save the Resistance. At the In The Rise of Skywalker, you have Leia sacrificing herself to save Kylo or to save Ben. And at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, you have Ben sacrificing himself to save Rey. There's not much more of a Skywalker thing you can do than to heroically lay your life down for the ones you love. And so that's what we'll end on here. Josh, dude, thank you so much for joining me for this (laughs) long discussion on Luke Skywalker, but really fun discussion. Um, I really love anytime I get to have you on here. It's just, it's always such a treat uh, because it it typically we can go on and on with this stuff forever, but like I love I love every second of it. And uh dude, it's it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much, yeah, dude. Yeah, happy to happy to be here. And before we sign off, I just want to say that um you should definitely come join the a certain point of view discussion group. Um I really appreciate it's been a lot of fun being a uh, an admin over yes, there. Sir, please. And um the group continues to grow. And then, of course, um, um, I founded The Outer Rim, which um, has expanded beyond my my expectations when I first started The Outer Rim. But if you come to The <laughs> Outer Rim, a Star Wars group, um, gosh, we're at about 5,100 strong at this point, um, which I think is great. And we have fans of all kinds holding all different kinds of views and... We just do our best to stay civil. Um, and in fact, the Outer Rim was created in response to a lot of the the fan toxicity out there. And so whenever it leaks into our group, we uh, we try to do something about it. And I know that that's a certain point of view <laughs> as well. You know, a certain point of view, the <laughs> podcast and the discussion group exist to actually have fruitful, engaging, fun, civil star Wars discussions and actually enjoy the franchise um, to save what we love and not kill what we hate. um, In fact, and, uh, and, uh, Oh dang. Yeah. And, uh, and so I, I just, I love the continued, uh, relationship it seems that the outer rim and a certain point of view has and so um we've kind of carved out our own little uh niche in the you know in in the fandom i think at this point and so it's been a lot of fun absolutely man and uh, seriously guys the outer rim is amazing if you're not already a member of that group you should absolutely you should absolutely go join it it's it's so much fun and um that's where we are going to leave 
off here. Now, uh, before we before we go, I do want to have you guys go, uh, like Josh said, join the A Certain Point of View discussion group on Facebook, but also follow us on Twitter at, uh, at certain underscore POV pod. And on Instagram at certain point of view uh, at certain point of view podcast. Um, actually, it's at certain point of view pod. That's what it is. Um, and uh, guys, seriously, go follow those. We're being more active than we used to be on on Instagram and on Twitter as well. So really trying to get really trying to get those those going for real. I'm I, I'm with the help of Jessica McNair. <laughs> she, she's been helpful. So, uh, but yep, that's it guys. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you again, Josh, for joining me. And until next time, may the force be with you always. Always.